Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. Hello and welcome. Um, today, I have a challenge to my friends who join us on, not join us, one more time. Hello and welcome. Not friends. Today. <laughs> we're not, we're not <laughs> friends. We don't even know her. I have a challenge for my co-hosts and friends here on the podcast with me, where I want to know if they had to pick one semi-specific, as specific as possible, thing that they would change about our present educational system, what it would be. Ready, go. Jacob's first. Uh, already, uh, this is so tough. You got this. What you limit me i, one I did one thing uh, pay teachers more like uh, if there's anything like i could have all these great philosophical ideas and i've got some but you we've got to pay people more or this industry is going to dry up and we're not going to attract really good people because who's going to stay in this field unless you're just independently wealthy and we should respect people enough to pay them more this is crazy that you can be a teacher and still be poverty level you have a degree you're licensed, you're certified. Our society should want to pay our teachers better. Done. Can I throw out something that I think relates to yours though? Um, this is not my one thing, but like Eric spoke very highly of his district, right? In past episodes that people would probably be able to listen to before this. However, a true fact is that at his district, Eric really just like does not make what I would consider to be a sustainable amount of money. So like, it's an awesome place to work. The people are great. But as the cost of living goes up, the feasibility of staying at that district goes down. I'll just tell you, it was 40K last year. Yeah. Like and last that's year. With the state grant. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess technically like the September through December paychecks counted on that. The, the state raised it to 38 mm -hmm. as the base and everything. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but um, so 40. And uh, I'll be honest with you guys, I have nothing in my savings account. And sometimes it is very difficult to buy groceries. Like literally last week we were talking about our grocery list about what can we take off of it so that it's not too expensive so I can make it to the next payday. And like that's, that's like, he loves it there, but yeah, but I, I, I do. I love everything about what I do on a daily basis, but it is just at factually difficult to afford surviving in, in this. And there's nothing you can do in that position to get more pay other than take on more responsibilities like coaching or something. Or like your master's degree, which is what yeah. you're going to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter how good he is. And he is good at what he does. Like, I appreciate what, what a weird system yeah. that is. Yeah. Right. Well, and we don't ever really equate for the cost of living, the true cost of yeah. living. Inflation is hard out here. Right. Mm. Big time. Okay. So. Amanda. I'll do it. Um, my one thing would be to get rid of grade levels completely. So if you read at a first grade level, you are going to stay in first grade, even if you are eight or nine or whatever. Um, so this idea that you move on with your peers, it shouldn't matter. And the stigma shouldn't matter either. If you are where you are and we need to grow you, um, I think the idea that we just pass kids along and we don't actually address those issues is really sad. And I think in other countries, they have... They don't do that, um, where the grade level doesn't matter so much. It's really about what do you know and what, yeah. where can we take you? Um, so I get rid of Don't they grades. call it, like, at least in Great Britain, don't they call it, like, A levels or B levels? Like, you have, to, you have to pass a certain, like, test in order to get into high school or to get into whatever educational track you're trying to get to. I think is 
I should have educated myself about that before making a comment. Oh no, but. you're fine. But I do, I do think that like we, we are doing a disservice to people for the sake of the stigma of, Oh, well you're six and you're still in kindergarten yeah. and you're 18 yeah. and you're, you should already be done in an adult night. I think that that's really unfair because in the real world I can be 29 and buy a house or I can be 35 and buy a house and no one is going to judge me as an adult for being that right. age or restarting a career at 43 or whatever it is, that is totally okay. And that's totally fine. So why are we doing that to our kids educationally? Can I ask a question? Of course. So you brought up reading as like the thing. So right. let's say Johnny is two grades below. Let's say he's by age should be in fourth grade okay. and he's reading at a second grade level, but his math Everything else is above grade level. How how would you handle that situation? Um, so I guess in my mind, I'm thinking this more as like learning stations. So okay, I would get perfect. rid of I would get rid of the whole classroom right. idea in and of itself. Like yeah, we've the already idea talked. of like one third grade teacher. Right. I would get rid of that. I would have oh, this is your person that you go to for reading, mm. and you could have kindergartners in there with this third grader, fourth grader, whatever their level is. And we'd be working on the same skills. Yeah. And so I would get rid of Perfect. that idea of yeah. the that traditional classroom. Approach. Right. Like yeah. literally it would just be maybe not a giant room, but I do envision this idea of, um, I don't know, classroom without walls sort of mentality of like, um, I'm the expert in the room for reading mm -hmm. or K through fifth grade, let's say. So I will see anybody K through fifth grade that needs Reading, what not necessarily remedial reading, but just like right, yeah. is the is that skill yeah. or are working on those skills? Then that's how I would do it, as opposed to you only teach tenth grade English. Yeah, so that's all you have. So that would be my one thing. I love this plan, Eric. I'm doing two. I don't care what you say. And then we go back around <laughs> and we do number two. I just, yeah. I can't, I can't pick between the two that I thought of. So I guess the bigger one that I've actually thought of before this moment, the other one I thought of in this moment, but like, um, is year round school. Do year round Snaps. school, do like uh three months on one off, three months on one off, something like that. Um, just because, you know, whenever you open up like three full months of not being at school and then like you turn the nine months of school into just like this huge, like dirge ultimately, you know, like just like Is slogging through That's yeah. a great word. <laughs> just like, like slogging through like, Oh God, especially, you know, right now we get to April, we get to May and everybody's just like, Oh, like they, you get glassed over a mm -hmm. little bit, just trying to like scramble into, or, you know, limp across the finish line into summer break. So thank God I can do nothing for three months. It's like, what if, what if education was something I wanted to do? Like I want to explore my mm -hmm. interests. I want to know more about the world around me. Maybe that would be easier to do if we didn't turn it into this, like, you know, like forced into it for nine straight months and then you know except for like a winter break in there and then three months off cool finally i can forget and forget everything i learned not think for three months as much as possible and then when it, and then you know make a big stink about it back in august or september whenever school comes back in about how oh no my days are taken up and you know i just i hate when kids complain about that well, like, I, don't you understand what this is providing you they don't but like no. come on 
one, I think uh, like the reason that we have school in that time frame is only applicable to such a minority portion of the population anymore. Well, because they need to be working. Well, they need yeah. To be contributing to the economy because child labor laws are no longer a thing. Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I was like, well, it's supposed to be for our agricultural yeah, society. Yeah, that's right. And like, that's as we learned from past podcast guests that's such a small portion of the society like we don't we don't need to base everything around that anymore and with that i think amanda's idea would be way easier if we did year-round school if there wasn't Mm -hmm. this like hey you come back together like with your people and like this big pressure like moment where you come back and it was just like hey we're always in school it would make it so much easier like an open community Mm -hmm. of exploration of of interest of fostering interest and curiosity in young people, which ultimately like just uplifts up the whole society, you know, when everybody has like an interest they're trying to pursue. Well, and with the advent of technology being the way it is, schools should need to go to this. They have to do something because otherwise, you know, the overlords will take over and everybody will be like the matrix and just hooked up to the machines. Right, I but, see nothing wrong with but, it. But but truthfully, truthfully, <laughs> um, when we think about educating our kids, we want them to be inspired and we want them to pursue their passions and their interests. And if we did year-round schooling, it would allow for that time with those kids, as opposed to oh, better hurry up for those state testing. Right. You know, we have these tests in April, so I need and- to teach those five skills or whatever that you're weak at so that I do well on the EOC or whatever and it you is. you still have your time for vacation, for family vacations and stuff like Better that. Better time. Right. Better time. Because yeah. it's not all during the hottest part. Right. Because right. like you, like say you have one of your months off is from Thanksgiving through New Year's, right? I know that's a little bit more than a month, but like, so that you get all those holidays in there. And then your next one is like right here, like late spring. And then your next holiday is that like early fall, you know, or like late summer, early fall. And then you do, you have that, uh, it just, it just seems like the move, honestly. Concurred. Yeah. Well, and I think likewise, if you want to talk teacher pay in this too, contractually, if it's year round, that helps with teacher pay because now it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be on a salary schedule, if that makes sense. It could be something where they could get it. I guess, how, how do I want to phrase this? So you have like your, you don't necessarily have to have a contract. You could do it. You'd still have to, you still have get like an additional like bonuses and things like that that could occur naturally as opposed to, oh, well, I know I'm going to get a bump in pay in August because I'll get 1.5% or whatever based off of the cost of living instead for salaries. Like after, uh, like on like how much like PD completion or something like that. Right. Something like that. So it could, you could uh, honestly continue to give your teachers raises whenever during the school year because they're not as they earn merit right as, as they, they earn those whatever things. that yeah. right so if you say it's for a master's well i took three classes they lasted me three months mm-hmm. now pay me you yeah. know what i mean that next step or whatever it is instead um, of once a year it's like right. every you, every trimester, essentially, based right. on what I said earlier, three on, one off, three on, one off. Right. You could but, you could actually do that. And so then you're, you are able to pay your teachers a little bit more, yeah, more frequently yeah. or raises or whatever. Or you could do like two months on, one off, two on. Base 12 really. or yeah. base 60 counting is like so superior to base. 10. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's, 
a different conversation. There's so many more ways you can divide That's his it. second idea. Like the Phoenicians. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Or the Egyptians. Anyway. So Sam, what's yours? My idea is secondary specific. Okay. This would have to be different. I mean, it could be applied, but it would have to change like for age levels. Um, and mine is always the time that we start school the time that we end school and how much time the kids actually have to spend in the building during the day. Like we know, we scientifically know yep. that 7am is bad for high schoolers. Yep. Why are you making them do this stuff at 7am? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Or even character. like scholar bowl. We had scholar bowl this weekend and the, fir the first round starts at like eight 30. So uh, to get there, it's an hour away. The kids have to get up super early and we know their brain isn't going to be as good. Like, why do we do this? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then like a high schooler, I don't think needs to be in school for eight hours a day, every day. Like, they can be learning for eight hours a day every day, but they don't need to be like in this very regimented space um, where they're just like little factory workers moving from class to class. Mm. Like that doesn't make any sense, mm. especially given how few of them will grow up to be factory workers in any capacity. And I just hate that this hasn't been updated at all. And year round schooling would facilitate a shorter school day. It would. Well, for sure. Mm -hmm. Shorter school day and um, later start time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you would have that ability. Right. And even just like the ability to offer night classes for students. Yeah. Yeah. Just a more work. open and flexible schedule in general. Now, right. I know that that's going to like open up a can of worms about like scheduling your staff, you know, facility staff and educational more. staff, certified staff. Mm -hmm. But then find the money to schedule for more. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, or, or, offer, yeah. or offer as an incentive, <sighs> I can work. If I can make whatever 30 or 40 bucks an hour as like a tutor or a tutor, but really I'm teaching a night class or whatever that stipend would be, I would happily do that. Or like districts have during the day part-time teachers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why can't yep. you have part-time evening staff? Like, yep. yeah. Right. Could work very similarly. Just, man, as, as machines do more and more of the work for us, mm -hmm. like it just seems like we need to shift ourselves towards that more uh, organic sort right. of community structure, a community centered well, structure. And, and when we think about college, uh, at least community colleges, a lot of those kids are non-traditional students, right? They've come back into teach, yeah. uh, come back into the school building or whatever. Mm -hmm. How cool would it be if that were the case across the board where if I'm teaching about Julius Caesar and somebody in the community wants to know more about Julius Caesar, they can just come in. Oh, I don't know. I don't want any adults. <laughs> See, I would be okay with that. Well, no, like I, just to just to enrich that conversation or to enrich that like that idea that like age doesn't really matter when it comes to learning. You can learn new things at A any levels, age. B levels, like if right. that you call that like an A level class or an S right. level class or something is like either kids who are smart enough to be in that environment or like you're an adult who's just looking to explore the topic and right. like, you know, right. that but could you, be... and you could just come in. I mean, obviously safety reasons, you want to make sure that person is right. properly vetted and, and you know, they well, are yeah, with kids and minors or whatever, but to that same effect. And when we go to college, there could be a 60 year old person yeah. sitting next yep. to me in a yeah. college level class that doesn't, diminish their experience or their learning my my public speaking class literally had there's like a they're like 45 they're like middle-aged or whatever and a 14 year old right like there's there's like a high school kid who's just super advanced or whatever and in the same public speaking class with me freshman in college or sophomore in college, whatever year i took it 
in my right. undergrad. And it didn't probably bother you in the slightest. Not, not one bit. I did. I mean, at first I was like, wait, you're 14. Huh? And then I never thought about it again. It just like, like whatever. Right. So if we can, if we can turn learning into that, where like everybody is allowed to learn at whatever right. age, and, why and has wouldn't the, you? The, the, the time, right. like the, the availability right. to and, do so. And, and we really look at schools as our, our community hubs in a lot mm-hmm. of small areas and smaller districts. So why aren't we honoring that and offering more of that? Oh my gosh. I just remembered uh, whenever I was interviewing for band jobs, like whatever, however many years ago at this point, um, one of the dozens of places that I went and interviewed, um, they had turned their library into like a focal point of the community. It was super cool. And it even had like, it was literally the public library for mm-hmm. that community. It was a super small community. I forget where it was. I don't even remember what town it was, but um, super small community. And like they had, they had built doors to the library that were just immediately accessible from the outside so that when school was over or even when school was in, they could have the school doors locked off so that like you can just have a stranger like wander into the halls or anything like that. But um, they could go in and access the internet, access information, you know, like have a place, a quiet place with AC to like cool off and whatever else. And I thought that was like super duper cool. Um, but it was like an hour drive away and I didn't get the job anyway, so it doesn't matter. But, but I love that idea. Like, yeah. I mean, we teach in a book desert. Yes. Um, which is really sad considering how much money. Yeah, is in our area and in I hear our that district. desert's growing. Yeah, it's going to be actually because Missouri no longer funds public library. Right. It's in the Constitution for the state of Missouri to fund libraries. Is, is it, it really? Is it really? Huh? I wonder how long that that legislation will stand then. That or that budget, budgetary legislation, whatever. I mean, one can only assume the ALA is going to like do something. Right. But, Hopefully, but, right. but the Attorney General won't have it. But if we want to talk about the quest for knowledge, like that's a great way to do it. Yeah. Is and also, how cool would that be for high schoolers to see that adults also use the library? That's the biggest thing. We always model like what we see our community doing, you know, and like especially at that age. And right. you know, like if you never have an adult that reads a book in your life, why would you ever spend time reading a book? Mm-hmm. Right. And now here's community members coming in. Yeah. Grabbing books or taking classes. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. think of community, um, like the parks and stuff will offer different classes that you can take. You can take a gardening class yeah. or different things like that. On that thought, there were multiple classes that were taught by you all and some of our colleagues that I wish I could have taken. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, for sure. Like I wish Jacob that I would have had you as a math teacher. I think I truly would have understood math in a whole different way as opposed to crying every night. <laughs> With my stepdad. I true I mean, I, I really math was a trauma oh, in my in my life. Yeah. And so I wish that I would have had a good math teacher like you. And even now I'm like and whenever John does math stuff for his cause he again yeah, is a non traditional yeah. student, he's back in school. Um, I'm always like, reach out to Jacob. I guarantee you he can teach you this five different ways and you will know it. Yeah. Um, and be able to do it. So I yeah, I think that would be amazing. Like, why not, why not invite the community? If you're, if your parents are so disgruntled and upset or community members are so disgruntled and upset about what's happening in schools. Come see what's happening. Come, come on yeah. in. Yeah. Come, like, instead of like fighting some imaginary boogeyman. Like 
<laughs> so what I guess what, like what don't you like about it? So I love the idea of like the library as a community space, especially mm-hmm. like after school hours. I love that. Um, I love the idealistic idea of like anybody can come and learn and like I'm having class at the park or whatever, you know, or like community classes in general, I think are good, especially if they were offered after hours in the evening or whatever. But I just know deep in my spirit that if I was offering a class and I let adults come to it, some dude's going to come try to talk over me. And then I'm going to have to fight this dude in class verbally, not physically. Um, And it's going to be a whole thing because their kids already tried to talk over me. So I know the grown form isn't going to be better. It's just like what I know in my spirit. I I guess in my brain, I'm thinking that this is an entire shift in mentality for all parties involved. I think that's the other thing is like (laughs) you, you would have to be developing and growing this. Right. Like you couldn't just cold. No. All of a sudden. The ideal form of what we're talking about, it would probably, if we started today, it would be like a century away. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would take a long time. We would, we probably wouldn't see the benefits of it in our teaching careers, but that's, Um, but we could start it. Right. I'm like, that's not why we do things. Right. Well, and this is really like a good microscope of every conversation Eric and I have that doesn't have immediate relevance because Eric's like, it could be so cool. And I'm like, "Uh, there's going to be this like very realistic detail that's going to ruin everything. Um, And this is just how he, you know, this is just. Yeah. But does that mean we don't try? It's who I am as a person. Like, does that mean we don't take a, try to take a step towards that and do what we can right now for, or do we just like roll over and accept what's happening because, oh, well, it won't happen, you know? So is it ethical? There's there's a spectrum. There's not two things. Okay, I mean, okay. Use Sam's name. <laughs> um, no, I think ultimately <laughs> we've all decided that we all have different jobs now since, you know, we just talked about our jobs. We'll just make Sam the principal right. of our no. new school. There we go. Why uh, can't one of you make Jacob be the principal? I don't want to be principal. No, I don't exactly. have the qualification. Yeah, you you have the qualifications. It's, it's, <laughs> Only because I paid for them. <laughs> like, they're not hard to get. You could all get them. Um, no, we don't want them, though. No, you, you, same. you have taken on that burden. Well, and then Eric will still teach history because oh he Kate. is qualified for that. I just oh, quit. you're allowed to quit. <laughs> yeah. You're allowed to quit. <laughs> but a communal school would be so cool. I really want someone on the podcast, if you are listening and you are from a Montessori school, I would love to pick your brain on like what that looks like at the high school level. I've seen elementary. Hmm. I went to a Montessori school. I don't really know what that means though. I just went. Got um, I was very little. As an adult or as a, or not as an adult. I no. mean, as a, <laughs> as a no. high school, like, like at what level does Montessori stop? Fifth grade? I went as like a preschooler. So, like, okay, I, so I really don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So I don't, I don't know what that looks like as like a K-12. Mm-hmm. range but i would love to know some of that maybe is are we speaking maybe a little bit of that montessori mindset hmm. with with how we approach education through exploration kind of idea i don't really know for sure i've just was seen that, little clips so of montessori were there those schools like in the 70s that got ended up getting shut down to montessori no 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 in that i'm <laughs> i know you know what i'm talking about i'm aging oh, they were like they were like it was probably too communist. Practicing like uh, witchcraft or something? Yeah, yes. sure. Yeah. Um, that was like in schools in the 70s. Um, I think I interrupted Jacob. Do you know what, like, Montessori? I, I've, I know that I've seen on TikTok, you know, off places, um, a lady who is a Montessori teacher, and she talks about, like, 
how they teach math and things like that. Um, and she has these manipulatives and like, and she talks a lot about this idea of students explore it as opposed to me forcing it on them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really like that conceptually. And I just, I guess I just wonder, is that K-12 or what that looks like? Um, so if you're, if you're a Montessori teacher, please reach out to us because I would love to pick your brain about this concept because I know nothing. I wish people would just reach out to us in general. Yeah, Yeah, talk to us, friends. I want to have an episode where we address like listener comments or something like that. Yeah, because we're kind of only one side of the coin when it comes to the podcast. So, listeners, come. Do you want me to pretend to be angrier on the podcast? Come children. I I can say some some inflammatory things that can get them to come out for us. Here's this, like, we obviously want to explore new ways of doing education as a system. Oh, sorry. But... And, and I would think most people who get into education at some level, they see the value of like pragmatism mm-hmm. and exploring. But the system at the highest levels of, of governance and, and the legislative body that governs school as a system does not allow for educators and administrators to really explore to try these new things out school. I mean, think about the four day week that in Missouri is gaining more and more traction and there's not from an aspect of like, Oh, this is a really cool idea. But from like, Oh, we have to do this now because more and more schools are doing it. I would say because, because they don't have teachers. Right. It's now obligation instead of this really like fresh idea. Yeah. Like I pay you more, but we can give you a three day weekend every week. Right, um, right. Yeah, they're giving me a, a day off, which is actually not actually a day off, too. Can we be... Depends on the district. Yeah. Right. Depends, depends on, the, on the teacher. Depends on the teacher and the district. Yeah. So... Um, can I tell you about some reading I did for one of my classes? Um, where in? So, like, this idea... No, you cannot. Too bad, I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> Wait, you know how to read? I know. It's a <laughs> she was born in bulletin. the 70s. <laughs> That's right. She went to the witch school. She's um, from Hogwarts. So, uh, there's... Okay, so, the idea of, like, there's not space to explore, right? That's why we have charter schools. Charter schools are supposed to have initially been this place where, like, you can implement new things, we can try new practices, we're not um, mandated to follow certain rules um, and so we can have this space to explore Um, and what they have found like through studying the development of charter schools is that that exploration lasts for about a max of three to five years and then after that point it starts to recede back into a traditional school system so I think there's also a lot to be said for like human nature and comfort in structures um, because they have all these grand ideas of like we're going to have only classes outdoors and like these uninhibited styles of learning. Um, but over time, it just defaults back well, into essentially mm-hmm. traditional K through 12. I guess I don't envision like a truly like, here's an open field. Let's go I see just if that. that comes That's what they it. talked about yeah. in the article. Like one of the schools was like, we want outdoor class. Can you count the wheat? And like outdoor <laughs> yeah. classrooms was one of the examples that they gave. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I still envision like there is structure to it. Like there's still, there are still expectations. More or less, but more of like the students guide their own learning. Essentially, well, I'm just trying to say oh, when you no, give no, people yeah. exploration, they go back. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I guess my next question would be: I don't know enough about the Wolf School in Springfield, but the, the wolf, wolf School. Yeah, through Wonders of Wildlife, they can take fifth. Gra- I think it's fifth graders that are yeah. allowed oh. to do um, like through SPS. It, yeah, it's through SPS, and it's called Wolf. 
I thought it was called something else. School. I, I think it's Wolf School. Yeah, it's like the outdoor Yeah, it's like the outdoor thing. education thing. So I, yeah. I yeah. wonder if they're using that model, but only for one year or one grade. Yeah. But they do it again and again and again. That's what, I mean, SPS has like several fifth grade or... I forget what the grade level is, but options that are non-traditional, yes. yes. um, but it is that like, it's only for, like right. you can apply to go for only one year. And right. then it's it's cool. only they bring for in a one new year. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder though, if like the reason it's only one year is because back in a long time ago, was it five years? Was it almost a charter esque thing? And then it reverted back to being a normal <laughs> regular school. And I went, eh, never mind. We can only do it for one year. You know, I used to be like, really opposed to the idea of charter schools. Like they're going to siphon off public funds. They don't they have do. to follow all these things. But as I've matured, I've kind of like, man, I would be willing to give it a try, you know, like with the right as team. a teacher or as a student. Yeah, like- no, well, as a, as a teacher um, in the right setting, like to be a stakeholder, to be in the early planning process to say, Hey, let's, let's try and build something here you know, bring a really good team together and really try to build something phenomenal for students and learning. Um, that to me would be super exciting. Well, I think it's crazy in our careers. We've met some pheno- so many phenomenal teachers that I just want to take mm-hmm. and stick in a, in a school with them. Put like, all the best ones together. Right. Like literally put the best the of the best. The other schools suffer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I always think about that, that kind of idea and like a charter school would be that place you know like get the band yeah. the gang back together the band's back would it you be know? unethical <laughs> right. principal principal doctor no. um samantha will Ew, uh, gross that's more doctors <laughs> how dare you dr so, sandwiches that's better is ready is ready at the helm um, she's not but but if she, but I wonder what that would look like if we had a truly phenomenal staff like everybody was vetted they all got paid you know, generously to keep them for their time and their effort. But even if that wasn't the thing, like to go back to what we've said at on previous episode, like there's value in, in having a, a unified philosophy, a unified goal for a school district, a building. Um, like I'm okay with not making tons of money as a teacher. Yeah. If I don't other things to. fall in place. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, 100%. But so many times the other things aren't there. Right. So the money's got to be there. Right. That's and, what I and mean. How are you going to ever attract the best of the best, the next generation of great educators, if the money's not there now? Man. Yeah. I didn't mean that like earlier. I'm not trying to be rich. Right. I'm just trying to not not worry about groceries. I just want to ball out at the grocery store. I I want to buy the fancy salt. That's all. Just give me the fancy (laughs) salt. salt. I'll buy the name brand. To be fair, that's all I want. (laughs) To be fair. Cereal? Oh my God. John buys me the fancy salt. I do not personally purchase any fancy salt. Um, Well, listeners, um, these are the things that we would change if we were allowed to make very large scale changes, right? <laughs> um, if you have things that you are interested in changing, as I believe we articulated, we would love to hear from you. So tell Please. us what those are and thank you and have a great day. Like, okay, bye. Actually, yeah, contact come. us. Hey, this Wait, was oh, my outro. Oh, sorry. Hush. And <laughs> the bonus content here, Eric, what was your number two oh. idea? Yeah. Oh, my number two idea was uh, do away with uh, delineated subjects. Um, 
or you use the word not, delineated. Not, I used it wrong Endurge. again. Uh, I, I used it wrong again. Uh, so okay. uh, what I, what I meant was a uh, demarcated um, subjects. Like instead of like you go to math class, now you go to science class mm -hmm. because really all of the classes are just describing our natural world just through different lenses. And so like get rid of that and just allow, you know, it's just getting back to more of that like open exploration concept yeah. that we were talking about. And like, you just stick the kids in a field and see what we're going to talk about. And it's like, maybe we talk about math. Maybe we talk about biology. Maybe we talk about how to make music out of what we find. Maybe we talk about whatever. Mm -hmm. you know? I think that requires a really special teacher to do that at the, Team this, of teachers. At the level. Yeah. You that's have that's to just have, it. Like yeah. you have like maybe 50 right. kids in the class and like five teachers in charge of them. Each teacher has their specialty and they find a way to like lead the oh, class. Through. I just stand out in a field with like an English book and they just like come to no, me a skull. and I'm a like, skull. A, Oh, a skull. <laughs> yes. and, and they're like, I'm ready to learn about the wheat fields in English. And I'm like, yes, my children. And you're like, this is what Walt Whitman said about the wheat field. Yes. This is perfect. perfect. Yeah. I love this but idea. I, honestly, I think I, I'm glad I went with the other one because that's, that's getting way too like, high ideal kind of ivory yeah. tower well like. i don't have kids so i guess i can't speak to this do you feel like jacob like when your daughters are just exploring the world around them that that's how they learn yeah i mean there's so well it, there's two things with it like they go out and explore and it, it's really interesting to watch emma learn um, because she can't ask questions like a lot of her learning is self-discovery like here's a thing i want that thing i'm gonna figure out how to make that thing work and it's sometimes amazing like oh my gosh how did you just figure out how to do that i don't know how to do that and <laughs> whereas with lily she's not super brave and courageous with the world like she's very timid so she asks a lot of questions so she, she's curious and wants to explore that way so we get to um, kind of help lead that, but it, it's really her initiating and prompting the learning. So we have these two different styles, but then they also complement each other. Um, but there's not a lot of like, hey, we're going to sit down and, you know, here's the Pythagorean theorem. Today. Right. Here's, here's five math problems. Yeah. It's, it's, more of, they, yeah. It's they more don't, like, they don't do their homework I all have the time. Five I dino <laughs> nuggets on my plate. <laughs> If you eat one, how many do I have left? You yeah. know, just the yeah. daily, your daily yeah. life, you can teach these See, things. In my brain, like things like that are like really easy to introduce if the, if you can lead the child into asking a question that has to be answered by mm -hmm. the Pythagorean theorem. Right. You yeah. Know? It's like, well, this is how we answer that question. Boom. Concept introduced. It's so, just like guiding the yeah. curiosity. I don't know. But, right. Lily's really afraid of like insects and bugs and it's springtime and <laughs> yeah. we're you know it's the time of year where we don't want to have to like turn the air on when it's hot right. of an afternoon so we'll have doors open windows open <clears throat> and, uh we'll get some like mayflies and she like still freaks out but that's so funny she's like they only live a day and they don't have mouths they can't bite me and like because these are things that we've told her and she's like trying to mitigate the fear but yeah. like to, to use that she's like you know i'll, I'll be brave i'll be brave well, I and I are the have same. you taken her to like a, the butterfly palace uh not yet but i mean we do you know we try to do things like she, she says she wants to go bubble. camping but we'll, we'll see I'll do you camp in your backyard yeah 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 
she's also the girl that's like i need my sparkly dress and like she's very you know girly girl great for her yeah. um but she's you know Eric uh, and Lily camping with yeah. her sparkly I jelly I think shoes. she would be into glamping. <laughs> glamping. glamping is yeah. where it's at. Yeah. I could take her glamping. But yeah, I mean, there, there's exploration and definitely some pragmatism to the way they and approach it. Also, though, you have involved parents. I think that's another thing, too, that we part. didn't talk about is the idea of there are parents that are working that aren't involved from a very young yeah. age, right? Like, even when their child is not even, you know... They're really fresh, freshly baked, and they're already, you know, going back to work or what have you. Mm-hmm. And that so is, those questions or that exploration might not ever happen at home. Yeah. It might only ever happen in the classroom or a daycare. And it, so we, an interesting thing with Emma, um, she's she's nonverbal. Like she she can make utterances and and she can talk to us, but not everybody's going to understand what she says. And it's not like conversational. Um, she has some signs and she has uh, some s- moderate hearing loss and we're trying to mitigate that with a bone amplification hearing aid uh, that we just received recently. And uh, like, I know Emma, I know my daughter, she has, she's super social <laughs> She is. <laughs> and she loves to explore and she wants to, she wants to like, I'm going to go outside and dig and, and run away. From yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and one, like she's just sees the world as like, there's so much to be offered. But if you're a teacher that doesn't see the value and the potential there, you're not going to really challenge her. And that's, some of the things that I have to deal with as a parent and as a former educator of like, I have to constantly advocate for my daughter. You know, my hope is that through time of like development that her hearing will, will improve and mitigation of devices and things like that, that we can get speech and people will see more value in her. But I just hope that there are educators that can see her and be like, there's more than just, the little girl with down syndrome because she can learn like she. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true with every student. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I really enjoyed about working with you as when you were a sped teacher in your sped role is because I feel like a lot of times, even people who are in the sped department will say things like, well, we can't really expect them to do that. And I'm like, absolutely. We could with like appropriate Mm -hmm. supports and modifications where needed. Like we can still have high standards and expectations. Like, obviously we should have to like scale those where necessary. Um, But to just say like, oh no, well they, we can't expect them to do that. I think is so frustrating. And I really always loved the idea of like, no, we can still have a challenge and a goal that we're actually trying to meet. That's like a real goal and not just something that like fills out some paper. Yeah. There was a young man at our previous school that graduated um, last school year. And I had him, I guess, maybe his freshman year before I went to regular education. And he came in in, in pre-algebra, and I had to let him and his mom know, like, I know you're not used to, like, rigor. But my expectation is that your child, who has an intellectual disability, is going to learn 
math. Like he can do it, you know? And yeah, we'll, we'll use a calculator at times because we don't have a ton of time to like memorize every fact, but he's going to use logic to reason through equations. And then at the end of the year, like to have a notebook that showed the progress of him solving consistently two-step equations, which is usually as difficult as you get in, in pre-algebra, you know, um, you dabble in some other things too, but like his mom was, was blown away and was very emotional at the end of the year um, to be like, I didn't think he could do it, let alone any other teacher. And the thing that breaks my heart, he would have gone to algebra one and he didn't ever do any more math. Nobody ever challenged him to do those things. And that's not to pat myself on the back, but it's, you know, it's not just kids in special education, but I think that maybe they're more prone to be held back by the nature of having a disability. I think education in that, like what I'm getting from you, education depends, the quality of education depends a lot on the expectation of the educator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and other stakeholders like the parents and administration, you know, people like that. But like, if, if you don't expect them to learn anything above a certain level, they won't learn above that level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all about your expectations and making sure that they are tailored to the needs of that student. And yeah. Yeah. All right. That's probably bonus. enough for the bonus material. Bonus <laughs> Thanks content. for sticking around for that bonus material. You just stick it in like after the outro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks for sticking on. <laughs> you have lower nuggets to listen to. Dino nuggets? I love dino. Give me the dino nuggies. Do we need a sound effect? Another flush on this one? (laughs) See you next time. Thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. If you have any comments, questions, uh, topic suggestions, anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us. We have an email address. It is WTWA at 277media.com, where the whiteboards are, WTWA at 277media.com. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employers, school districts, or communities in which they work.